0: who is one person you would recast in this movie and who would you recast them with?
1: Ooh, that's a really great question because one thing that I found interesting was how apart from the core main people, everyone else was just a caricature actor. Right. That didn't really provide a lot to the film other than just, Oh, you're actually not that good of an actor. And it, kind of bums me out a little bit so I don't know who I would recast them as but I think that her mom was a little bit like too much like that whole interaction that she has when we first are introduced to her parents I think could have been played out a little bit better so I would have definitely recast her mom Alice and Janney probably would have been amazing oh know, my God. Like where they have a little bit better timing but also have a dramatic bone in their body to kind of give a little bit more feels to or really just ground the movie in in general because everyone was sort of this exaggerated comedic version of whatever character type that they were playing Mm -hmm. and it would have been nice to maybe have a little bit more of a grounded character that was slightly more believable and yeah that makes sense Mm
0: -hmm. your favorite movie welcome back to a fun, exciting, brand new episode of Your Fade Bad Movie. I am not necessarily really great at crosswords, but I do look good in a pair of red boots. Come on. Joe Daniel Montelongo. And with me today, I have an extraordinary filmmaker, a brilliant mind, and one of the most beautiful people that I've ever met. Courtney. Hi, Courtney.
1: Hello. That's probably the most generous introduction I've ever had in my life.
0: How many introductions have you had?
1: Uh, quite a few, actually. Fun fact, I've been on more podcasts than I've listened to. That's badass. <laughs> uh, just because I, I don't particularly like to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, yeah, I have been a guest on quite a few. So mm. You're so fucking cool. Well...
0: For the people at home who don't necessarily have the luxury of getting to know you in real life, Mm -hmm. can you tell them a little bit about yourself? What are your goals, interests, aspirations, dreams, goals, ambitions? Why are you so cool?
1: Um, I'm glad (laughs) you asked. So I am... A female filmmaker. Uh, I started my career in the military in the US Army as a combat photographer videographer for six and a half years. I did go to school for a short time pursuing film and photography and creative arts so when I got out I just sort of decided that this is what I wanted to do and be forever. Yeah, so my my goals and aspirations really are to sort of bring a voice to female filmmakers, to uh, minority filmmakers in all aspects, and really focus on creating things that that make me happy that I feel like serve a purpose and, and a passion, even if it is like a stupid comedic film, but really just inspire those that don't feel like they have the talent or the capability but really be in a position to where I can assist and, you know, lift people up. Yeah, so I have a production company with my roommate and another friend of mine. And that's what we aspire to do monthly is to make a film just to bring in the community to get them more involved and kind of create a space for people to use their talents and their voices. I'm so obsessed with you. And you have a show that you are working on.
0: Can you tell the world a little bit more about that?
1: So it's a pilot episode for a TV show that I don't actually plan on making. Um, My goal with this was to create a pilot um, as a proof of concept, really. And um, I recognize where my strengths are. And my strengths do not quite lie in the actual writing, but I am a creator and a storyteller. So this is sort of my first step into kind of mapping out where my place is in the film industry. And yeah, so it's going to be a show about a hit woman who gets injured on a job, meets two young girls. And through some circumstances in that first episode, she ends up having to run away with the girls. Mm -hmm. And so the the show arc is basically this woman who lives her whole life killing people and has that struggle between the ethical and moral ambiguity of now raising these two young girls to be upright
0: standing citizens. I want to see it. I'm so excited to see this. I love your brain.
1: Thank you so much. I can't wait to show it. I cannot wait. Have you been watching any cool things lately? Yes and no. I took sort of a a sabbatical of watching TV for about the last two weeks um, because I spent every day of quarantine watching film. um, And I would watch like two or three a day for about three months. And then I was an official screener for Cordillera Film Festival. What, what? And that was like 60 hours in a week. And I was just like, I need to take a, a film break. But I would say a couple things is... Head over to highballtv.com, get your free subscription, and watch Band Ladies. It is an independent TV show. One of my good friends that I've known for about 10 years who lives in Toronto, they made this show, and it is app absolutely amazing so they want a contest to get produced and it's eight episodes it's about all these women that from different walks of life who kind of hate their life and are tired of not being heard and they start a punk band and they just they really dive into every character um, different races different perspectives different social classes and they start out as a book club and it's just really cool to kind of see unity in women uh, from all walks of life, support one another. But there's so much meat in the episode, as much as humor. And they sing all their own songs. They all learned an instrument in order to be in the show. How fucking cool is that? Yeah, so right now, that like, that's like my big, that's my big plug for anyone. Just like, go watch it. You can download their album. They have an EP on iTunes and Spotify, and it's amazing. Um, all the music is from the show, so that that's really what I've been watching a lot more. But also, Portrait of a Lady on Fire it oh, right now. It's God. cinematically one of the best films probably of the past century. Absolutely, past three, decade. hands down. But uh, I've watched that about twelve times, just studying different aspects every time I watch it. So that has been a really big inspiration moving forward in my filmmaking, but
0: yeah. Oh my God, what a fan. I pushed that movie onto everybody. I'm like, I don't care that you don't have Hulu. Here's my password. I don't care that you don't care about gay stories. One, you need to. Yes. Two, so great. you need to start it by watching this movie because every aspect of that movie is
1: perfect. Yeah, just the writing, the acting, the camera, the color, the costumes, the pacing, yeah. just...
0: The significance yeah. and the moments. Like, mm-hmm. oh God. And there's so much said without... Someone having to come in and be like, I'm an exposition dump. Here you go. Correct. Correct. It's great. Yeah. Courtney, mm-hmm. what's your fave bad movie?
1: Uh, my fave bad movie is all about
0: Steve. Knowing everything that I know about you yeah. and how great you are and talented you are and smart you are and beautiful you are and just so engaged in all of this. When you told me this is the movie that you wanted to talk about, I almost flipped over a table because I was so excited. (laughs) What? What? Did you catch this movie in theaters? Did you catch it on DVD? What drew you to this movie to watch it?
1: Well, you know, I think at the time, Sandra Bullock was at her peak in filmmaking. And um, I had always been obsessed with the movie uh, Miss Congeniality. And my mom always calls me Miss Congeniality just because of my facial expressions and my voices and like the way I carried myself. My mom was always like you remind me so much of Sandra Bullock in that movie Um, so I think that I sort of latched on as a fan and plus she's an amazing human being which is another criteria for me to support creatives Um, so she's just like a, a really good genuine human so when all about Steve came out I was really excited about it because it was such a leap away from anything she's ever done before Mm-hmm. I watched it and immediately fell in love. I was like, wow, Sandra Bullock is playing a character so beyond anything she's ever played. Physicality, the psychological aspect of who this character is. I would probably say this woman is is on the spectrum for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just thought the, the story was really fun. So when I found out that it won a Razzie, <laughs> I, just, I was blown away. I remember watching her acceptance speech for the Razzie that year and I was just like what
0: no and how iconic not to jump the gun but she won a Razzie for worst actress and she also was there for worst couple between her and Bradley Cooper and her acceptance speech she brought a copy of this movie for everyone in the audience and she said watch this movie again and I'll come back next year I'm not bad in this movie (laughs) I will I will buy you a drink if you don't change your mind and It's one of the first instances where someone won a Razzie and an Academy Award in the same year. She did it in the same weekend. And she showed up (laughs) for both. Like, Yeah. Deidre Bullock is one of the coolest people in the entire world.
1: She's great. She's amazing. I just love this movie so much.
0: A little background information on this movie. It came out September 4, 2009. It was directed by Phil Trail, who has done a lot of TV work. After some shorts that he directed, he did this movie and went back into TV. So I was like, that's kind of cool. It was written by Kim Barker, whose only other credit is "Licensed to Wed, the Mandy Moore movie with uh, Robin Williams. Oh, my. Which I also heard it can be very, very divisive. I unfortunately haven't seen it, but I think now I'm like, "Um, I'm riding this good wave of the movie that we just watched, so I can't wait to watch that one now.
1: Yeah, I'll have to hop on that train as well. Can you tell us?
0: A little bit about what this movie is about what happens in it
1: so it's about a lady who creates crosswords in <laughs> the newspaper. and she's super intelligent super smart and just really wants to be loved you know as all of us do really and to be seen and loved for who she is you know at the core of who she is and she's set up on a date with bradley cooper And she thinks that he's amazing within the first five minutes and proceeds to make out with him in his car. They're they're getting that little down with each other. (laughs) And she just goes on this tangent of information and details and facts and like all of these things. And he kind of gets weirded out because she almost suggests that they that they're perfect for each other and they're going to get married and all this kind of stuff. So he freaks out and he says, "Oh, I have to go to work. I um, sure do wish that you could uh, come with me. And she takes everything so literally that she then makes a crossword that's all about Steve. There it is. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah. Um. She gets fired from her job and decides that the best road to go on now is to follow him all around the country at all these different shoots. So really just the whole story is like... Him trying to avoid her, but then this, the anchor guy, he he wants to get a, an academy and loves her brain and keeps, like, influencing her and uh, manipulating her into following and that Bradley Cooper likes her, etc. And she meets, like, these two really awesome people who love her for who she is. And, and then at the end, you know, she ends up in a hole and rescuing a little deaf girl. And so it's just really great and amazing.
0: I cannot imagine re-watching this for the first time because... The entire journey before the last act, you're like, oh, okay, I'm putting it together. I think I know where this is going to end up. And the entire third act is like this super serious, beautiful moment. And like I even told you, I was crying today. And I have no idea why, because I'm usually not a person who cries or sobs uncontrollably. And just watching her character in this hole with the deaf girl, I was just like, she's going through so much and trying to piece it all together. And she's probably like blaming herself. Because the whole world has been telling her how like silly she is or how weird she is. And she's like, well, I got myself in this predicament. So if I die, it's my fault. So that's on me.
1: I was like, this is so sad. Yeah, I found it really interesting Like now watching the film and sort of paying really close attention to the script mm-hmm. and dialogue. And I, I found a lot of it to be kind of campy and just sort of like... Meh. Like, oh, look, you're trying to be punny or you're trying to throw in our face like a lesson or, you know, oh, you're clearly setting us up for this like thing to happen later. But really when you go through and you're like, oh, this is kind of ridiculous writing. In the end, it all just sort of wraps up into a nice little bow. Mm -hmm. And I think that it really is quite beautiful because I think so many of us try to go through life with a smile on our face and trying to look at, things that happen and interactions that we have with people and we try to be like oh it's no big deal it's fine like everything's okay but when in reality like inside we really are deeply hurting Mm -hmm. and and i think that sandra bullock's character does such a great job because she is the type of person who's always positive naturally and doesn't have a difficult time finding the positive in things and when when someone who naturally does who can naturally see the positive in situations finally hits a point where she begins to recognize how she's actually viewed and treated by people around her when all she does is love people Mm -hmm. and they can't return it It, it's sort of like can't be fun 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 humor all these jokes and things and then all of a sudden it just sort of punches you in the stomach and and i really appreciate films like that where it's just like hey we're on this really fun journey together and it's going to be super fun but also like real life yeah
0: and i think this movie is brilliant in a way where it casted sandra bullock in this beautiful role where you're like oh like we're immediately on her side i think i can't mm-hmm. i've never met anyone who didn't like sandra bullock in any role and with this one she's like oh she's quirky she's particular she might be on the spectrum we don't know and you see how cool the world is to her but you see her like have this good positive attitude she's like well you know what that just wasn't meant to be, but I'm taking the signs and I'm going to move forward. And every every day is a new opportunity to make new friends and make new good memories. And when it finally gets to the serious tone, Sandra Bullock is capable of those serious moments and while still in character gets to develop these deep feelings that have come out from suppressing them for so long. And it just plays out so beautifully. And then you're like, damn, it must be so hard. Because I think previously you might think that she's a little airheaded or just isn't aware and she proves to you that she is aware that she was trying to combat that because it's very negative. And then it all hits her at one time. She's like, and now I might die. And now I might die. And people might say that this is my fault for being me. And overall, I'm glad how the story wraps up where her and Bradley don't get together. And he tells her, don't ever change. Don't ever change for anybody. Like you and I didn't work out, but you're going to find someone who likes you for you. And she's like, well, I'm Catholic and Jewish. So I'm pretty much set in stone. And I was like, good. Good. That's a good thing where she's like, I'm not going to try to change because you're right. People are going to like me for me. And she does get her two friends. They end up becoming friends and they like her for her. They even help her on this journey. And I just love that so much.
1: That's really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely.
0: This movie was rated 4.8 on IMDb. It has a Metacritic score of 17. It has a Tomato Meter score of 6% and an audience score of 30%. Why don't people like this movie?
1: You know, I was thinking about that while I was watching it, trying to like kind of pick it apart and be like really <laughs> judgmental. I, I don't think that the soundtrack is very good. Like it, it's pretty auditorily like suffocating in a lot of ways. So the music sometimes works and then it then a song will kind of come out of nowhere and you're like, "Uh, okay, I guess. So that was one thing that I don't think I really liked. And then kind of returning back to your previous question about an actor that I would replace. I think pretty much all of the supporting actors were not great. Right. And I and I think it, it does, in a way, kind of pull you out of the story a little bit. So perhaps that could have been part of it. And then the other thing is... The script is a a bit rough. I think that it could have done with a rewrite or two. And I I think if it had tightened up a bit more, if it had um, a little bit cleaner, I think it it would have been a little better. But I also think that it could be, there's so many chapters. Yes. There's so many chapters. And sometimes that can become exhausting for an audience. Same way I felt about uh, Finding Nemo. It was just like one thing after another and then right when you think that he's good another thing happens and and i i think with this movie it's kind of that way where it's just like one thing after another she's not getting the hint boom okay we might finally have a closing moment and the worst thing ever happens so i think that in a way could have been it because it's only an hour and a half it's uh, 96 minutes long i think but it does feel a bit longer Mm -hmm. An hour and a half. So those are probably my three things that I I think would possibly keep people away. Um, But it could be another, another moment of like, um, it could be another Clark Gable moment. Early on in his career, he was known as this very suave, sophisticated guy. And he is in a movie that I've seen. And he plays sort of this scoundrel, greasy dude who's very vaudevillian and he dances and stuff. And after that movie came out, people didn't like Clark Gable because it wasn't the Clark Gable that they love. And perhaps with Sandra Bullock is, we're used to Sandra Bullock playing these very specific type of characters. And then she goes and plays this character, which is so vastly different from anything that she's played before. And I, I think that audience members are fickle and don't appreciate someone's range and perhaps didn't really like that role that she played. And that's very interesting because in 2009,
0: Sandra Bullock released three movies, all about Steve, The Blind Side, and The Proposal. And I think that's a really good range to show because regardless, she's still funny. She's still doing important things. She can bring you to tears. She brought me to tears in the silliest of all these movies. And she makes you laugh. And I'm like, don't we want to see actors who have the range who can do these different things? Why do we only like actors In very, very specific roles. Is that acting or is that you just like the person?
1: I think it's just the amateurness, if that's a word, of viewers, of viewership. I think that a lot of people view film as, oh, entertain me. I'm always right. The customer is always right. Versus, you know, people like you and I where we watch it as an art form. Mm -hmm. I I do certainly watch film as an art form as a way of appreciating someone's painting. And so when I watch an actor that can do the blind side, which is a different accent, a different, a very caring character Mm -hmm. to the proposal where she's literally a dick and (laughs) is so mean and so rude and just a very like heightened businesswoman to all about Steve, which is this very sort of like innocent human I see all those three and I'm like, oh my God, I love Sandra Bullock. I could put her in anything. I can watch her in anything. She, she is a true artist. But as somebody who I moderate a Facebook page for a TV show, and it's interesting watching what people will post about the actors in it or the storyline where, you know, people will get upset that a storyline goes in a certain direction. And it's like, but it per- makes perfect sense. Right. I don't understand why you're upset about it just because you don't like it. Um, so I think with something like this, I think you're right. I think it's, it's total viewership. It's the type of people who are viewing these movies and, and they're the ones that are the loudest when it comes to uh, reviews. <laughs> I think, I
0: think you nailed it so perfectly where people come into movies and they have the, the customer's always right mentality. I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I've never seen a movie and i have been like, I dare you to make me like you. I mm. think as with any art, you have to meet the art on its own terms and not on yours. And granted, that doesn't mean that you're going to like everything. Sometimes you can see everything that a movie is or a piece of art is and still be like, I I appreciate it, but it's not for me. And I think you're right. I think there are certain people who are like, "Um, this didn't work out for me because it couldn't reach me. Like how much were you willing to contribute to like meeting halfway or actually meeting them on their point? And you said it right, because they are the customers always right. They are the ones who are asking to speak with the manager. They are the ones filing the Yelp reviews. They are the loudest who are telling other friends that was bogus and stupid and don't go there. Don't support it.
1: And to bring, to bring clarity to that, I don't think it, um, and I, this isn't what you're saying, but we are allowed to have taste. even within it, right? So, like, I don't like horror films, but that also means I'm not going to go watch them and then degrade them and be like, "Oh, so bad, right? I have no frame of reference as far as what makes a horror film good or not, but I think you're absolutely right. You you go in, you are a contributing factor. Like, are you willing to come in and, and receive something? And really, if you're watching a film that doesn't meet your expectations, like, Kudos to the filmmaker for creating something brand new, something that you've never seen before, that you you get to experience firsthand, you know? Yeah, and I think, I think there needs to be respect paid there for that experience, because regardless
0: of how you felt about it, I think someone who can put all these elements together and provide you something different and new, that's respect-worthy. Why do you love this movie?
1: I, I think... I think primarily the reason I love this film is, is because of Sandra Bullock. I have a lot of respect for her in this role. She's extremely consistent throughout the entire film. She has a very specific way of talking and the way that she forms her mouth and the way that she speaks that doesn't change in a single scene, whether she's angry, happy, sad, excited, whatever. That's consistent, the way she carries herself, the way that she communicates. Everything was so consistent with her. And for me, it was really a breath of fresh air to see someone be willing to step into a role like that and just kill it. And I also really appreciate films that are not predictable. She spends the entire movie chasing after Bradley Cooper and then doesn't get him. I really appreciated that because that's not what was meant to happen. And so it didn't happen, you know, mm. so they're quite true to the, to the story and the characters, but it's also just, it, it is a fun film. It's a fun film to watch. There's a lot of really interesting moments. And I am an Enneagram five and my core is knowledge. We strive for for knowledge, and my whole life has just all been about facts. And so here's this movie that just spews out facts, like, left and right. And I'm just, I'm like, I love it. I'm like, oh, my God, I just learned, like, 1,200 new things about things. So it really speaks to my little Enneagram 5 soul. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. It's so
0: fun because as a person who, like, likes watching film, like, I want to know the trivia. I want to know the behind the scenes, the making of – Her going off of a single fact where someone just mentions a word, she's like, oh, do you know that this is where the word comes from? Do you know that in that location, this is the main export and out of those blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you keep me talking about film, I was like, did you know that she was in this movie with this actor? Did you know that this happened behind the scenes? Did you know that this, this, this? So I was just like, I I think I'd be friends with her. I think to a point I'd be like, okay, homegirl, like maybe let's let someone else have a chance to speak. But that's also because I talk too much. (laughs) So I'm like, I, I, I feel her pain. And I did like, as you were saying, that it's not it wasn't meant to be that she ends up with Bradley Cooper. One, I can't imagine chasing Bradley Cooper. For me, that has never been a piece of meat that I have bought into. But the fact that the lesson is loving yourself doesn't mean that someone else has to love you so that you can love yourself. It starts with loving yourself. And then after that, you reap in the rewards. And I love that. And it, the movie doesn't force her to change. Even when she's in the hole, the deaf girl's like, I don't know what you're saying but you talk so much. And then she's like, damn, okay, cool. I got clocked by the deaf girl. All right. And she, using all of her information and knowledge, actually manages to save them. And she gets rewarded by being herself and having all this knowledge and being intelligent and being an intelligent woman. Because even then, um, Thomas Hayden Church's character's like, can I please take credit for it? Like, this is going to get me anger. And she's like, okay, because that's, that's not about it for her because she knows that she did it. And that's ultimately her biggest reward. And it's so pleasant to see this movie be so nice to her when it could have easily just been like an opportunity to shit on her and have everything bad happen to her and then be like, but you get the guy at the end. It, it didn't feel like that was a story. And I feel like she, how Sandra Bullock stayed true to her character, this story for its ups and downs stayed true to that character as well. And I, I genuinely love that.
1: Yeah. I think another reason why I was so drawn to this movie is because I used to be like that. When I was young, I, every interaction I had with people always started off with, did you know that blah, 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 blah. And I remember we moved quite a lot as a kid. And I remember moving to a new place in Illinois and I was in the fourth grade and none of the kids liked me. It was a very small town. I was the new kid. They're not used to that. And I just talked all the time and like, Hey, did you know that? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, did you know that? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, blah, blah. and I just remember them telling me how weird and awkward I was and not wanting to be my friend. And I remember making a very intentional decision to stop learning at 12 years old. So I think that watching this movie um, really does speak to my little childhood Courtney Hart. Um, you are who you are and it's a beautiful thing. Whether it's because you seek knowledge and you, you love to know things or, you know, if you are someone who speaks up for other people or if you are somebody who helps other people, that it's okay and your knowledge serves a purpose in this world. So I think, I think subconsciously in 2009, whenever I watched it, it spoke to me in that way because like even through my whole life, I stuck to my guns of, of not learning anymore because it was viewed as this really annoying thing. Mm-hmm. so yeah so I think I think that's another reason why I like it is it it spoke to my little 12 year old soul I love that so much for you this is
0: so beautiful oh my gosh I'm learning so much about you and you just make me so happy and I'm glad that it got to be through this platform of this movie that I got to know you a little bit better that makes my heart sing so loudly off key off key definitely but <laughs> we're jamming out. <laughs> beautiful. Now, um, I have a couple reviews here for you that I would like to read and kind of get your perspective on. In the hands of a better filmmaker, Sandra Bullock's character in the movie could have been a fantastic character study of needy and mentally unstable women. But in the hands of the hacks who made this movie, it is just a creepy tale and it lacks self-awareness of the main protagonist's sad behavior. Imagine if the genders on Mary and Steve were reversed, then stalking wouldn't be portrayed as funny and charming. Though I give this movie a little credit for not having the characters get together in the end, that's not much.
1: I think that that last comment does speak to our culture and society, our expectations of women versus men. So I'm not opposed to that statement that if had the roles been reversed, it it would have been creepy and, and whatever. I do think, though, that it's very different. She wasn't just a stalker. She did have some sort of mental handicap of some kind. And it's very evident and clear from the very beginning. Mm. And I think that's why there is a lot more compassion to her character, regardless of whether Bradley Cooper still thinks it's weird that, that she's like chasing after them. But I do, I do feel like had there been a different director, it, it could have been better. Um, Definitely. I do think there was a couple moments of Sandra Bullock being directed that felt a little like, Weird in a couple choices, which makes sense now knowing that the director is a TV director Mm because just the style is so different from film. But yeah, I think that would explain
0: the episodic nature. Whereas you refer to them as chapters, I think there were episodes of like her chasing him. I was actually thinking when I was watching, I was like, Oh, how fun would it be to like see a small series obviously blow up the world a bit bigger, but of her just like going to these towns, getting into situations that then she has to solve in order to reach her ultimate love, and even if it ends the same, like. That How fun that would be. I think a lot of blame is put on Sandra Bullock's character of, like, being stockish and being weird. When like, Thomas Hated Church was the one who was giving her mixed information. Thank where you. he Where he was, like, oh, Bradley Cooper's character runs away from it, but he needs, like, tough love or he needs someone who's, like, showing how much he loves it. And then he keeps giving her all the hints, like, hey, we're going to be here next, so you should meet up with us there. And if she is on the spectrum and she maybe isn't great at picking up on all of these social cues, having someone who's kind of reinforcing her goals makes the most sense that so she'd be like, oh, you're right. Okay, so I am on the right track. And as a person like her, who she believes in the signs of the universe, and she's like, oh, the signs are pointing towards this direction. Having a literal character who is saying, come here, this is where we're going to be, and this is how Bradley Cooper needs you to love him. I think that's the difference between someone who is a stalker and someone who is like following their heart, quotation marks. Right,
1: use. and being manipulated, basically. By Bradley Cooper's friend. Like that is his friend
0: who's like, wouldn't it be yeah. funny if I just caused more issues for you? boys are such asshole (laughs) yeah (laughs) now I have a positive review and I'm very excited I had to like dig deep I genuinely don't see the problem with this movie and I don't understand why everyone hates it honestly I don't really care what critics say because I've seen the most cringy creepy and not so great movies and they get 80% and 90% on Rotten Tomatoes this movie was actually really funny and her character is so smart and unique and quirky and weird and awkward it's relatable Not every single girl is the perfect girl who has the perfect personality. We have quirks, sometimes we talk too damn much, sometimes we're a little crazy. There are not that many rom-com female characters like this and it's refreshing. And Sandra did a great job. And people saying she's crazy for chasing him and it's sad and embarrassing, yet when it's the other way around, the guy chasing the girl halfway around the country or the nerdy awkward guy obsessed with and crushing on the popular girl, it's romantic and sweet, like please. A low Rotten Tomato score doesn't always mean the movie is bad. Watch for yourself and make your own judgment.
1: Come on, girl. Yes. And I think she has a really good point, is 2009, there weren't a lot of varying female characters in film, you know? And during this time, it was wedding crashers and fired up and all of these very (sighs) masculine, gross, pursue the girl and... Just crude jokes and and things like that, and here we have a female coming out and getting to play these really interesting and diverse characters. I think people are like, mm, I don't know. So really, with this film, I think that Sandra Bullock really paved a way for women to play different types of roles to be interesting. It's rare. It's rare. I watch a movie and I'm like, I can totally relate to the female protagonist. Yeah, because I'm. So much like that, no, please. <laughs> you know, like I, I've always related to Martha Ray and Carol Burnett and mm-hmm. you know Gracie Allen, all these very comedic and physical Penny Marshall, you know, and like all these very physical type of comedic female characters that are interesting and weird, and they they love themselves. And I think that yeah, two thousand nine. If you just look at the f- comedic films that are coming out, they were not kind to women mm-hmm. at all. Mm-mm. No.
0: You either had the main girl that we expected our masculine representative to end up with, or you had like the crazy needy girl. I think those were your two motives. Or you had the bitchy girl, but sometimes she could also be the needy girl. And it was so refreshing to see this tale that is so sweet and like tender towards the female character. Because I think, like in movies that you mentioned, Fired Up, you have these asshole guys who get this redemption arc, and then we get to root for them while they're making all these crew jokes, while, I mean, there's always some form of, like, homophobia, sexism, transphobia, racism, and then we're like, oh, but they learn their lesson at the end of the day, and they get rewarded with their trophy woman. And this movie kind of plays it like, there's nothing wrong with Sandra Bullock. She's going on this journey for herself, and there are comedic things happening around her, and I think she's also funny, not punchline funny. I think she is funny in those ways, like you were mentioning, like Carol Burnett and just, and Penny Marshall, who are just inherently funny. Like they could look to the left and just the way they would do it. It's so hilarious. It's such a choice. And I think the work is
1: there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Oh my gosh. Do you have a favorite scene in this movie? I I really liked when she was in the hole. I mean, most of the whole film is her being very funny and quirky and cute and, and whatever. But when she's in the hole and her entire envelopment of this character still exists within this very sad, passionate moment. I just think it's really beautiful because I think she did such a great job of expressing how she felt. A lot of people are not very good at that. They're not good at being able to verbally express what's going on inside, and I think that moment is so beautiful because I think that monologue that she has could really speak to a lot of people. And it wasn't—it was less of dun 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 aha moment, but it was just sort of you got to watch and listen to her mental processing through that whole thing, mm-hmm. and it made sense when she came out on the other side and and rescuing them from the hole. So I, I really like that moment. I, I think also when. What's his name Hayden's character? It's like I, I don't want to take credit for this. No, actually, I would really like to take credit. I think for me that was like a, a beautiful and enveloped moment in that. Like he finally got to be honest with himself, you know, and she lets him. I love what you said about that. Is like it didn't matter if she got credit for it because she knew in her in inside that she's the reason that they got rescued she doesn't need to be a popular one the yeah
0: she one. she didn't need that affirmation because she was able to do it for herself she's like i got us out of here and mm-hmm. and i found the missing child that they thought they had gotten all of them and they did it and like that is so rewarding to see where it's any other movie would have had her been the star had would have had her take credit for everything and then the whole world's like we love you She was like that's not what it was about i did the right okay. thing i was able to get us out of here and I did what I had to, and it's so sweet. Uh, this movie's sweet. This movie it's is so great. Sweet.
1: I also really loved when they sent the note down, and then she wrote sent the note back up, and how like she had a piece of paper, and she decided to still correct them on all of this stuff and keep doing an explanation. And just, like, when they read that, to me, I was just like, this is the greatest moment ever. Like, she's still true to herself, even in written form. That's how well-written the
0: character is. And I think the writer, the director, and Sandra Bullock had a specific vision, and they all worked together. Whether the rest of the movie kind of stumbled or faltered, I think her character works so well. Agreed. I just love her. Her down the hole is obviously the best part of the entire movie. Her, when she first goes on her date with Bradley Cooper, I think from the moment that she meets him, to the end of the car ride, or the car hookup, is so funny. Her coming down in her outfit, seeing how hot Bradley Cooper is, and then without even saying anything, she puts a finger up, and he's like, oh, she goes to change. She comes down in the weirdest mismatched outfit. Her bra is showing underneath. She has got the girls out. She poofed that hair. She poofed the hair. Sandra Bullock is so funny. Sandra Bullock didn't say anything, and she was so funny. Yeah, yeah, so good. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. If the people love your brain, if the people want to hear more from you, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram. I'm most active there at court, court, O-A, C-O-U-R-T, (laughs) C-O-U-R-T-O-A. It is a private account. So if, if I don't know you and you send a follow, just DM me, let me know that you heard me on the podcast and I'll get you added. If you want to follow my film, you can do that also on Instagram at The Nest Pilot, T H E N E S T P I L O T.
0: You are so fantastic. I genuinely love your brain and I love your heart and I love your soul. You are a phenomenal human being. Thanks so much for talking about this movie. Thanks so much for Thank forcing for me to me. watch this movie.
1: Thank you for having me. I love it. I had a lot of fun. It was nice. You're
0: perfect. And thank you for sharing with me. No, you're perfect. No, you're perfect. Oh, hi there. It's me, JD. I hope you guys had an incredible time listening to my friend Courtney and I discuss all about Steve. And if you did, make sure you follow Courtney so that you can see all the cool amazing things that she is up to. I have gone to work with Courtney before, and I know she has a good eye, and she has such a good personality. I love getting to collaborate with her. And if you want to continue being supportive, make sure you leave this show a rate and review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast, as that helps build our audience and potentially find new interesting people to collaborate with. If you want to continue, continue showing your support, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash movie. You can see all the cool stuff that we're up to on over there. Thank you so much for another incredible week, another incredible episode, and I'll see you soon. Bye!